0: Imagine you work at a large organization with tens of thousands of employees across multiple countries, a business that's been around for over a hundred years, and all of a sudden you have people in one department who are interested in applying chatbots, folks in another department interested in sentiment analysis, still another department, fraud and risk analysis with artificial intelligence, and somehow you have to put all the pieces together. That's the situation that Muriel Shepers found herself in at Rabobank. Rabobank is a large bank based in the Netherlands uh, with over 60,000 employees spread across the world, serving uh, over 10 million customers worldwide. And Muriel's put together the Artificial Intelligence Center uh, for Excellence at Rabobank, uh, where she serves to sort of manage projects and connect a virtual team across the company, a virtual and physical team across the company, uh, whose role it is to make sense of artificial intelligence applications, uh, vet out the right vendors for those different applications, and make the most intelligent decisions about projects and allocation of resources for the company as a whole. So instead of having four different chatbots across four different departments, the company can make a broader, larger decision and hopefully a stronger decision about what the company should do ultimately for its future direction so that AI doesn't become something that they tinker with, but something that can hopefully actually drive their business forward. This idea of an AI center of excellence is not completely unique to Rabobank, but certainly they're a little bit ahead of the curve in terms of the finance domain uh, sort of implementing such a center Uh, and I think that the lessons at large what Muriel shares about what it takes to take a company that's really not been embedded in machine learning since its inception, like some of the Bay Area companies that we interview, but a company that's been around for a very long time and has established ways of doing things, how do they then integrate artificial intelligence? What are the challenges they run into? And what are maybe the best practices for getting the most out of those applications and really being able to drive innovation with results in a business that is not frequently dabbling in artificial intelligence or certainly hasn't in the past? Uh, So Muriel shares a lot of interesting lessons that I hope will transfer to your business as well. In addition to some cool use cases that Rabobank is working on in terms of applying AI to different sectors in their business. I know a lot of people like to hear the use case element, Uh, and if you're thinking about dropping a review on iTunes for the AI and Industry Podcast, which I always appreciate, please do let me know what industry you work in or what your role is. I get a lot of great LinkedIn messages, and it's really easy to see just based on context, who these people are and what they do, but on iTunes sometimes it's hard to get some context. We've had a great recent uh, review of someone who really liked to listen in for healthcare specific insights. Uh, and things that would translate to what they're doing in healthcare so it's cool to get a little bit of context on what they're up to if you're thinking about dropping a review which I certainly encourage you to do if you get a lot out of these shows let me know a little bit about who you are in addition to what you've liked and what maybe episodes really resonated uh, with you but without further ado hopefully you get a lot out of this episode with Muriel with Rabobank this is about setting up an AI center of excellence in an established business. So, Muriel, one of the, the things that kind of stood out about your position now with Rabobank is that you're you're working very closely with and, in fact, helped to set up the AI Center for Excellence. I can imagine it's not the first ever been set up in business, but certainly kind of a leading trend in terms of companies are aiming to apply these technologies. What got Rabobank to a point where you knew, hey, we need a specific center, a specific department, kind of a locus of control for these technologies? What, what got you to that decision?
1: Well um what we saw actually uh, end of 2015 already is that many uh, domains within the bank which which operate in silos um were looking into um different ai solutions and we're talking with a lot of vendors which were telling uh, great marketing stories um mm-hmm. and we realized that if we would continue this way we would end up with uh, four different chatbot vendors and We would uh, let the vendors learn a lot about uh, applying AI in business and uh, we ourselves would be uh, very ignorant. uh, And we also saw that a lot of people that were dealing with these vendors actually didn't know what they were talking about at all. So we felt that it would be good to to create a center of excellence or we call it AI cell from where we could coordinate and and bring in uh, knowledge to better select and and implement uh, AI solutions within the company and also being able to to be to bridge between uh the different silos so uh, help them work together and and select one solution together
0: yeah so uh, kind of prevent the the fragmentation and also maybe bring some yeah. expertise like you said you know you've got somebody off in some various and sundry department making a pretty complex decision about an AI solution maybe they're not the only person that should be involved in that conversation. So informing uh, sort of those decisions and sort of unifying maybe the the solutions you use across departments, across divisions. Um, In terms of who was actually there uh, in this cell, in this center of excellence that you folks had to put together, again, I, I can see this being a trend across business at large, um, you know, who is in there off the bat? I, you know, obviously, you're, you're there sort of orchestrating a lot of the project management functions, but I can imagine you had subject matter expertise in, in different areas. You might have had some actual AI and machine learning expertise, uh, you know, staffed in this particular center of excellence. Um, was it a physical department or was it just a virtual team that would kind of get together in a physical place a couple times a month? What did it look like to put it together and actually get this, this yeah. kind of center started?
1: Yeah, well, it's actually a a virtual team and um, we work with people from the innovation department where there were already innovation managers concentrating on AI for a while. And we also work with our fraud and economic crime department where a lot of machine learning and uh, projects are are going on. So we had experts from there. And the AI itself is also located within our data science department. So also data scientists are just around the corner
0: when we need them. Got it. So it's a a virtual kind of staff where there's a certain number of people where in addition to whatever your normal job is, um, we'd also like to have you on this team and to be able to kind of tap you when we need your expertise or your counsel on these topics. Is that sort of how it functions? Okay, got it.
1: Yeah, so, and a couple of us work like really full time. So, like myself, another colleague, we're we're full time. Yeah. Okay.
0: So we got some full time orchestrators of all these various domains of expertise, and then we have other people from data science, other people working in in fraud, which obviously in, in the finance world, in the banking world, got to be one of the biggest applications of machine learning you're using today, and various other people from different departments so you could just kind of pull pull together yeah. in terms of in terms of actually. Kind of using this unit now to kind of make choices, make decisions. Like you said, you had people off in different departments trying to make a call about what vendor to pick. Uh, You know, vendors can always paint a nice rosy story. Uh, You know, now you're actually kind of using this collective brain, if you will, to to try to make better decisions across the company. Uh, And I can imagine that in addition to just fraud and risk, which might have been the AI application areas that you were using five years ago, 10 years ago. Um, now there's a, a lot of other things. You guys have got yourself a Pepper robot as kind of an experimental project. You're working with kind of chatbots as, as a, initiatives at the company. Um, what are some of the, the different initiatives that are now sort of rolling their way out across Rabobank that were totally not in existence, you know, two, four years ago?
1: Well, a uh, good. I think one of the examples is like you, you just mentioned, the chatbot. Yeah, yeah. We we of course we have a large uh, customer contact center and an uh, IT help desk, which offer chat services, but it's all uh, still done by uh, human agents. Yep. And yep. we started to kick off last year um, a project of of first selecting or or reviewing the market. What what's 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 there to buy? And there's a lot. And still, uh, we, I every week get at least one email from someone in the bank like, "Hey, shouldn't we do be doing something about this?" And yeah, uh, yeah, I this yeah. nice startup. So we we reviewed the market, selected um, two vendors, and we're actually now uh, having two production pilots going on with the chatbot.
0: And is this mostly um, in the customer service function, Muriel, in terms of where this will be implemented? Well, we're
1: we are we've implemented very. So what as I said before, we bring. Uh, different domains together. So we brought the customer contact centers, which is directly to our end clients together with our IT help desk in, for the internal employees. Okay, and we said, it. let's do this together because you have the same need. Ah. And um, what what uh, what happened now in the end is, is that we have made these production pilots into the IT help desk environment, but that our co- customer contact center is heavily involved. So once we finished These pilots, which is end of June, um, they will make together a decision, will we continue or not? And if we continue, then we will start working also on the customer contact side on how to implement it best.
0: That's interesting. So this is, I think this is a a great little potential use case and something worth talking about. You know, you're using a new and emerging technology, you know, chatbots gaining in popularity. There's some that are actually focused specifically in the, the banking environment, to the best of my knowledge, I've seen Uh, maybe too many pitches from chatbot startups in the last two years. And instead of maybe one department going off and saying, okay, we found ourselves a company, you thought about it company-wide and said, okay, well, what would really be the factors and kind of the best vendor possible here? And then you also thought about uh, where could we roll this out that would be the best place to test it? And it sounds like you're sort of doing a lot of testing and application internally. And maybe those lessons you can learn the hard way before you actually put something customer facing and sort of, yeah. uh, you know, change up your actual customer experience. Is that safe to say?
1: Yeah, it is. And we get a lot of experience that we uh, we already know that we wouldn't want to do it
0: <laughs> in yeah. the real customer world. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good to be able to experiment and using your own employees as guinea pigs is nothing better than that. I do it all the time. Um, <laughs> yeah. So um, uh, that that's one domain. Again, I can imagine that fraud and sort of you know, risk in general, maybe it's going to be like credit assessments and things along those lines. Is, is that whole side of kind of fraud and risk still the, is it safe to say that that's kind of the biggest application of, of AI across the company today? That's kind of what I would assume, but I don't want to assume the wrong thing.
1: Um, yeah, I think these domains are the furthest with it. Yeah. Yeah. But we, what we see, and that, that's not only from the AI cell, but also our, our data science where I'm, I'm, uh, I'm into as well. Is that these domains they have their really their own experts, their own data scientists working on on all kinds of risk and fraud models. Um, and in our data science department, we we sometimes help them, but we focus we we mainly help other parts of the business to 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 start getting to use uh, data.
0: Yeah. yeah, it's probably a little bit newer to them, so that makes sense. So we just yeah. chatted about we talked about chatbots. Um, what are some other sort of pilots that are now becoming? you know, worthwhile experiments at the company today, things that you're now trying your hand at and kind of organizing the use of that that maybe you you weren't before you had this center put together.
1: Yeah. Well, actually what we've also done, we worked with, we have a couple of uh, client feedback analysts. And well, they weren't really manually reviewing all the client feedback that we get into our systems, but it wasn't far much, much advanced either. Um, And they start now using... um, IBM Watson Content Analytics and uh, Watson Explorer. Oh, cool. It's not really AI. It's more like still a bit rules-based, but um, for them, it's already like a huge step. And it helps them really relatively easy get information out of this, this big bunch of unstructured client feedback data. And it also opened up for them the potential of instead of reviewing one source, which which they did twice a year, they can now do it a more often and they can start uh, beginning to look into other sources of data as well. Ah, uh, okay, um, cool. And what well, we're also, we're working uh, with some universities as well. And we're doing an, uh, an enterprise crowdsourcing sourcing research, which is actually at the moment, uh, really live going on um, where we, um, because in order to train an AI model, you need uh, quite often a lot of data to be sure um, tagged as well. And instead of one or two experts uh, doing that sort of boring job, we are now trying to uh, involve the whole uh, Rabobank employee community um, by using an app and let the the employee uh, mark or annotate the data in an app. And by getting that data, we hope to be able to train some AI models, uh, which uh, can be useful for uh, some of our. Food and agri uh, researchers,
0: and just, just out of curiosity, you don't have to go into too much detail, but uh, this is an interesting idea. Certainly, the, the notion of um, kind of crowdsourcing tagging is something. There's yeah. entire there's entire companies now who have you know th- their whole value proposition is they'll send your data somewhere in India and have them annotate uh you know whatever the information is whether it's you know some uh, a camera from your car whether it's you know pictures from a party whether it's whatever the case may be uh and and you know you're now sending this as kind of work for the team what what kind of data is being annotated in this respect you could go a million directions uh is this like internal company communication data What what needs to be tagged by humans for you to to kind of make sense of it here
1: yeah, well, well, what we did is uh, we have food and agri researchers, which have to search uh, a lot of reports and and um, websites to gain knowledge about, uh, for example, the dairy uh, industry. Oh,
0: it takes okay. them a lot of
1: time. So what we are doing now is we are uh, annotating reports to understand what companies this about, what kind of products do they sell, and what are the the affiliates that they uh, they have. So. Oh. so works that the researchers normally do themselves which takes hours if you need to reach read the reports we we kind of see if we kind of create a model that is able to do that for them
0: huh okay that's that's interesting so this is more market intelligence this is kind of externally looking you guys are gauging different industries that you're involved in and i guess maybe you do enough business in those industries where you kind of need to keep yeah we're
1: uh we're food and agri bank, <laughs> so, so that's your whole that's thing. That's yeah.
0: So you, you got to yeah. stay plugged into that to that sector. I was going to say yeah. probably the only the only place I've seen you folks out here in the San Francisco Bay Area was a, there's a Rabo Bank up in Sonoma, California. So I imagine maybe you're working with the the agro folks in the the wine domain or maybe the dairy domain probably. or something like that. So go figure.
1: Yeah, but but we do see also a great potential. We're looking into that in annotating uh, payment data. As well.
0: Ah, okay.
1: So to better understand what is this, what are transactions about? uh, Because you can do that with with uh, machines are able to figure out uh, quite a lot, but there's still also quite some data which actually humans need to look into and say, hey, this is actually uh, well a supermarket payment or whatever.
0: Yep. Yep. Uh, Where that human yeah. context is still necessary, it's not totally yeah. automatable yet. Yep. So um, yeah. that's what humans are good at. We're we're great with context. Not so good at adding stuff, but we're great with context. So you've you've got a number of initiatives now. You're working with universities in addition to folks in your own company. You've got a virtual team. You've got kind of a central team that is working as the the nodes that are connecting these various parts. Um, and now you're you're aiming to bring more intelligence to the decisions made about AI across the company as a whole, which is no small order. What are some of the challenges you've run into taking a larger, more established company and aiming to kind of bring AI into its different dark corners? Uh, what are some of the challenges you run into, and maybe some of the lessons learned that might be valuable for for other businesses?
1: Well, I think the the biggest uh, or the two biggest things is well um is uh, there all these companies have come in with ai is fantastic everyone reads about ai in the newspapers yeah, 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 yeah so this is like so great and so easy to do and there's no human needed anymore and then you start a project project and oh yeah. oops we do still need to do a lot of work ourselves oh yeah, oh, yeah. So it's it's really yeah. demystifying or actually people sort of like oh is that you know and then they're 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 you're you're, uh you're not bringing the happy message but you're sort of like taking their illusion away and that's really funny and that continues towards all levels within the company okay um, that's interesting yeah so it's 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 not as as fantastic or as self-learning as everyone expects it to be based on what they've read so far
0: totally Um, and yeah you're you're singing to the choir here so yeah i'm I'm with you on that
1: yeah so and secondly because it it, you know people when you when you start talking about it um people are very enthusiastic and they they um they're really like oh yeah i I want to do this um i want to do this too and the risk that that we really run with a with a large company uh, is that everyone just goes out and deals with all kinds of of vendors and is just really looking like this is my small project and we really want to make it bigger so so that we don't end up with five chatbot the vendors and yep. uh, etc. So so bringing these people together, which is it, it fr- fr- from the different silos, is big challenge, but uh, because we're, well, unfortunately not used to do that. But it, once you bring these people together, it's it's great because they realize, oh, we actually have similar kinds of project problems. And once you've brought them together, it's, it's great to work together. But, well, finding these different projects within the different domains and then connecting the dots is, is, is still a challenge. So we communicate a lot about... What we do or bring projects uh, into our, our intra web uh, to, to make people aware that these projects are going on. And then suddenly I get an email like, oh, hey, we're doing something similar. Or uh, people that already know about the cell come come to us say, hey, but actually over there in that silo, they're doing that. So
0: bringing them together huh, so uh, it's a challenge as well. It sounds like uh, you bring them together, clearly a challenge, but the, the opportunity there. Is that I guess from what you were saying before with regards to the conversational interfaces and chatbots that you're testing with internally, and they're also going to be testing uh, customer-facing, um, is that if you can find enough overlap of projects, then maybe you can spend money in a way that instead of maybe being a pet project of one department, it can actually become kind of an aggregate benefit it could become a a bigger aggregate win for the company at whole so if if you can pull together all those smaller goals you can find your correlations and maybe feel better about a fully invested project
1: yeah and you you can also put budgets together so um you you can do larger pilots or um put uh, do pilots with different vendors and and we really uh, that's also something we really value we've done that now once and um because also for us it's it's these projects are new so understanding the technology from a powerpoint or a demo is really hard you really need to 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 do it to to let everybody understand what it really involves to 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 use a product and when you have the possibility to pilot with two different vendors because you have the budgets put together you can really really see how it works and what's the difference between these vendors and why the one is better than the other. And that, that's really yeah, we, we, we find it very valuable.
0: So yeah, higher them. level perspective then again, if it was one small team doing one small project, you can you can get a little bit of a better magnifying glass when you work with kind of a central unit yeah. like that. Last question, Muriel, yeah. just to touch on this, because I know that our audience is gonna be curious. I think your experience is really valuable here. Um, you know, moving artificial intelligence into the enterprise, like you said, the vendor story is always gonna be well, it does this for you. It does that for you. It does this for you. And, and I'm I'm not anti vendor. You know, I, I we interview vendors 80 percent of the time, right? So it's no, no problem with that. But of course, there's going to have to be a sales story to get them in the door, and and there's some rational skepticism around that. There is some hands-on work here. You know, marketing, data security, chat bots. I mean, there's going to be somebody orchestrating this. There's going to be APIs. There's going to be data cleaning issues. There's going to be you know, uh, subject matter expertise and AI expertise. When it comes to in-house machine learning expertise, you had mentioned you try to go with vendors that make it a little bit user friendly, where you don't have to be a wizard of, you know, a Stanford PhD wizard in order to make sense of this stuff. What have been the demands for AI talent within your company? Is that has that had to step up markedly to get these projects off the ground? And how have you dealt with that? I think that's the a, probably a very salient point for the listeners.
1: Yeah. Well, actually, what my experience until so far is is with the solutions that we've chosen is that we've mainly they, they already incorporated the, uh, some AI models in their solutions. So we, we had relatively we had relatively uh, small involvement from uh, our data scientist uh, department. And the good thing about it, and, and sure, we, we had to clean the data and send data and all that kind of stuff, because otherwise <laughs> you, you need to put your own data in there. Um, but the, the, the advantage I, I see from that is that you can move faster because these companies have created already something and um, that is their expertise. And um if we wanted to create all these models ourselves, we had to put a, a, a hell of a lot of data scientists on it. And, um, well, I wonder if it would be as good as these companies who specialized in some sort of niche, which we are we haven't. So, and yeah, and, and some, I, I yeah, maybe it's our data scientists. They, they, they 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 love data and they love to to create models. Um, and once you you get just a model uh, yeah off the shelf, they they sort of like seem to like oh well that's not that interesting anymore because they can't start working on it themselves. Yeah. yeah rather yeah. be in the data themselves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it does. You, you, I do see sometimes a gap between uh, um, what I'm doing and uh, how involved the data scientists actually want to be.
0: Yeah, it's it's the classic, uh, do do you build it or do you buy it thing? And I guess the the folks that do the building, you know, they they want to build something. It's kind of like the firefighters, you know, even when nothing is on fire, they kind of secretly wish that something would just catch on fire so that they could... You know, use yeah. the hose. You know, they could get the the dog yeah. on the on the truck. Um. So, in that point, it sounds like you know limiting the amount of data, uh, machine learning expertise you need to bring in to use a vendor has been kind of a strategy for you folks. When it does, you yeah. know, in terms of where the relevant AI expertise actually plays a role, is it more just in the assessment and procurement phase? Uh, is it more just in the integration phase? It sounds like you haven't had to hire an army of machine learning people to test out these projects, and and that hasn't been the goal for you guys. And I I think that's perfectly right. fine um when it does come like wh- where do your in-house experts kind of play their role you, you haven't needed an army of them but when do they come in handy is it is it again is it making the purchase decision between different vendors mm-hmm. is it integrating mm-hmm. where where do they actually step up in their kind of limited place here
1: well where we are we are um also doing uh, quite some some research uh in in the in the, in the fraud uh domain for example yep. Or also working on some different AI projects, um, you know, like something like we're also looking into emotion detection. And really, when it comes to these more research projects, we, d- we do get the uh, data scientists uh, involved. And that's also where they are very happy to be involved.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Because then they can start really getting a grab and uh, with the data and play with the data. Um, that's where we mainly get them involved
0: got um, it so the, the more experimental yeah. sort of types of projects it sounds like where yeah you feel like it's really worth getting their hands dirty that's that's where you yeah. bring them in and anywhere where you can have yeah. a, an easier user interface you you just try to get your normal it team to be able to kind of work with the tools that are already been built by other experts yeah. cool okay yes. great well, i think yeah. that's completely valuable uh lesson for other folks tuned in, always interesting to see what other smart businesses are up to, and how other people are kind of dealing with the disruption and the opportunity that AI is presenting uh, within the enterprise. So Muriel, thanks so much for being able to share your expertise from Rabobank. You're welcome. and regular coverage of the AI applications of both the hottest startups here in the Bay Area, as well as what Fortune 500 companies are doing with AI today. Everything from marketing and advertising, business intelligence, to specific industries like finance and healthcare, you can stay ahead of the curve and stay on the right side of disruption by visiting techemergence.com. And when you're there, make sure to sign up for our weekly newsletter on the left-hand side of the page. Uh, Most of our podcast listeners get the episodes directly to their inbox every week. You'll be joining tens of thousands of other business leaders who join us from all over the world to stay ahead of the curve of AI in their specific industry. So that's techemergence.com. I'm Dan Fagella. This is AI in Industry, and we'll catch you next week.